lovelies, and welcome to another edition of LGBT in the Ring, your rainbow bastion for all things pro wrestling. I am your host, Brian Bell, here with you once again on the Outsports Podcast Network, and uh, we have a, a very fun one in store for you today. Of course, Journo January will roll along here today with our guest, Chewy Harris, uh, formerly of the Grit and Glitter podcast, uh, formerly of the Pro Wrestling Torch, and we delve into their experiences uh, at both of those outlets um, as well, as well as many other things about, you know, their desire to... uh, what they want to do in covering pro wrestling going forward with what opportunities they might have on the horizon, who knows? Um, but just a really fun conversation that also kind of gets a bit into, uh, Waffle House territory, which I'm always down for Waffle House territory. So very excited for all of y'all to check that out here in just a minute. Uh, before we get there though, uh, it's been an eventful week, shall we say in the world of pro wrestling? I mean, obviously speedball, Mike Bailey winning the, the battle of Los Angeles was a, momentous thing to see but obviously the thing that is dominating uh most of the the minds of pro wrestling fans right now i believe is all the turmoil the corporate turmoil around wwe and the return of vincent man to the executive chairman position of the board of directors there and and of course all of the reports flying around out there about you know the company being basically um sold in principle to the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund, um, reports that are countering that uh, as well. So like, there's just a lot of unknowns right now um, regarding the future of WWE in a lot of ways. I mean, the things we do know, Stephanie McMahon has resigned, um, resigned before the uh, vote to put Vince McMahon back into his uh, executive chairman role. Uh, happened and yeah it's just it's a really infuriating situation personally um i've said i stated this on the the podcast twitter account that if this man was a member of the board of, of directors of wwe come wrestlemania season um we will not be covering wrestlemania this year on this show and i'm standing by that uh that's just a personal stance for myself i i refuse I refuse to do that. Um, in regarding all of the reports around the potential sale of Saudi Arabia, obviously that holds a lot of different um, outcomes and connotations and relationships to this show specifically, but not just um, this show, but more so the community that this show is is meant to uplift and empower. Um, but I am also aware that the LGBTQ community would not be the only marginalized community that would be negatively, heavily negatively affected potentially by a sell to uh, the Saudi Arabian Public Investment Fund. I am holding my thoughts um, until that is known, like, until we have an, a, an actual announcement from the company um, and that sort of thing to really delve into exactly everything that I'm feeling and trust me it is hard to hold back um those thoughts because there's a lot of them there are a lot of emotions around that uh and and I will explore them and 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 share them a bit in due time but for now I 
I feel the need to just kind of hold that stuff in until we have a definite answer on this stuff. Um, but I think it's pretty safe to say where some parts of where I'm going to land. I mean, there's a reason why we continually criticize uh, both the, the government of Saudi Arabia and WWE for its relationship with the government of Saudi Arabia on this show. Um, yeah. But we will hold that in, in limbo for right now as we continue to monitor the situation uh, going forward. Um, but I did want to just touch on that here because I think it would be remiss if we didn't touch on it uh, since it is such a huge story that is happening right now in the pro wrestling world. Um, one more thing I wanted to touch on before we get to the interview with Chewy uh, is that, you know, we we were kind of caught up in Wrestle Kingdom stuff last week and neglected to mention the passing of one Don West, um, someone who was integral to the early days, the first 10 years really of, uh, of impact wrestling, uh, you know, someone that I watched for years, <laughs> um, and grew a, a, a very, um, strong fondness for, uh, his presence on, on TNA broadcasts and, and all the other facets that he um, worked in with that company um, were, I don't know, there's just something special about everything that he touched when it came to the pro wrestling world. And, and he wasn't in it for very long. You know, he never was a wrestling fan and um, I mean, he wasn't a wrestling fan before getting into pro wrestling. Uh, but I don't know. There's just like, there's a certain like genuineness there. And um, I just wanted to take a moment and offer condolences for myself and from the show um, for his unfortunate passing. And the, <sighs> I don't even really know what else to say. Well, let's uh, jump into my conversation here with, uh, with Chewy. What's up, guys, gals, and non-binary pals? Welcome back to LGBT in the Ring, and we continue Journo January this week with someone who I had the pleasure of meeting at Pride of Vibe weekend last year, someone who is uh, the, in my mind at least, one of the most interesting people to follow in terms of uh, people that are absolutely in love with some of the meanest people in all of pro wrestling. Um, and I say that with all of the love because let's be real, who doesn't love Mr. Darius Carter and and Mr. Shooter Killian McMurphy? But you also know them from Britain Glitter. Please welcome Chewy Harris to the show. How are you doing, Chewy? Oh, first of all, President Killian McMurphy. You're right. Minister of Propaganda. I need to inform you of that. Secondly, <laughs> doing wonderful. Uh Georgia's national champions again. And yeah. I, I can't complain. I uh, no, I'm a, I, like, look, that Georgia game was sick. Like, <laughs> like I'm from Georgia originally. I'm a Bulldogs. I'm a Bulldogs fan too. Like that game was just like catharsis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm doing really good. That's isn't a great week so far. Even like I don't even like college football. I just wanted Georgia to lose so badly. And it was the exact opposite. I'm like, exactly. How are you feeling that day? 
But no, like I was wondering because like when like obviously people like listening can't see this, but when like Chewie popped up on screen with the Georgia sweatshirt, I was like, okay, I I didn't ask you about this while we were off air chatting, but like I didn't realize that you had any connection to the Bulldogs at all. Yeah, well, I mean, because going back, like it comes from just living in Tallahassee, and I got to Tallahassee, uh, mostly rooting for Florida, and then just somewhere in all the time, I'm just like. I kind of hate all these people in Florida and their college teams. Like, they're just all annoying. So then I was like, well, who do Florida people hate? This? Georgia. All right. Well, and I love South Georgia. Like, the best Waffle Houses in the country are in South Georgia. So it's like, that's my favorite restaurant. I love South Georgia. I dated the Bulldog, unfortunately. Like, you know, it just clicked. <laughs> No, like I, I did not realize that you lived in Tallahassee, but I guess I should have made that connection because if I'm not mistaken, and please correct me if I'm wrong, like uh, have I seen you talking about going to FAMU at some point? Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, did, you said you where were you from, like Moultrie or something? I'm from Moultrie. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's when I remember telling my friends, like, damn, all this time we had no idea we were just like a, across the state line. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, my that's... grandparents still, like my grandma still lives in Tallahassee. <laughs> God bless Tallahassee. Well, Tallahassee, but not the rest of Florida. The rest of Florida, thing. and not the governor mansion. Oh yeah, state. no. We'll we'll put we'll take that little sector, put a fence around it, and not include it in the place of love. Perfect. That we have for Tallahassee. No. No, my- <laughs> no but it, like that was. I think that was another part of like kind of getting to know you a little bit that really intrigued me because like that reaction that you had like i don't meet many people that know the area where i'm from either and i think that i don't know it was just really interesting because like no one else would know if i like mentioned like moultrie georgia they would never like what the hell is that place like that sounds made up (laughs) see i'm the boring person where i'm like you know we done seen all the walmarts in tallahassee like why don't we just go to thomasville for no reason and it's mm-hmm. like, well, we, I'm, why don't we go to Bainbridge for no reason? And I've seen they just like going to all these little towns for no reason. And I'm just like, well, they got a Waffle House. I want to eat at all of these Waffle Houses to see which one is my Waffle House over here. Mm-hmm. And still the best ones in Cairo. So. Oh, Cairo, Cairo, Georgia. That, man, you are hitting all these like sentimental spots for me. Like my parents grew up in Cairo. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I know all. Of them. I know all of them. I know everything. Once you get to Ray Ray Cross and going up, that's why I'm like, the rest of Georgia can, can go to hell. But that that yeah. strip, I do love it down there. No, I, I I understand. I haven't been down there in a while, but I need to get back there. And as for like Waffle House, it's like I'm partial to Moultrie just because like I went there for my eighth birthday because I was that kid. <laughs> that's I, I went to the Waffle House. If anybody's in Tallahassee listening, on Tennessee Street. For my mm. 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, 25th, and 26th birthdays. <laughs> all right, you got I, me beat. You're top Waffle. of me all over the it place is, here, too. <laughs> it is my favorite restaurant. I've been to Waffle House in 12 states. I, if you got a Waffle House, I will come find you. That is probably the one thing I miss the most about being on the West Coast now is that there are no Waffle Houses within, like, driving distance anywhere i mean i'm like i'm half a country away from like the closest one i think and oh. it just it bothers me i don't i like i need that 
Waffle House experience at like on like a weekly basis in my soul, and I just can't get it anywhere out here. No one told you to move out west. <laughs> you think? Hey, <laughs> I'm not denying that. I'm just saying, like you know, I have my reasons to well, move out here. But hey, the one reason I ain't never been moved out west is just no Waffle Houses. <laughs> <laughs> I moved out here thinking there might like Village Gym might still be a thing, and uh, that that shit's like gone by the wayside. Like everything, yeah, everything wholesome except me. There you go, there you go. You know what? Let's talk about you a little bit. We've we've talked about diners and about like and South Georgia and North Florida and fuck the governor's mansion and all that shit. For a while here, but like, let's talk about about you because like, I I'm excited to have you on the show and talk to you a bit more because like, my real only experience with with you in terms of like wrestling media is like your work that you that you've done with Grit and Glitter and, um, you know I know that, you know in in the time between like your last appearance there and, and coming on the show now like you, kind of, announced like I don't know if you formally announced it but like I know that you you are no longer a part of the Glitterati. Um, but you know, I thought that the work that you did with Grit and Glitter was really interesting, and I wanted to kind of learn more about like kind of what drew you to do that, um, in a way. So, of course, that all starts kind of at the beginning. Like, I'm curious to ask you, like, what was your first like memory of pro wrestling, and and when did you kind of realize this is something that you might want to like invest yourself in in a way? <laughs> So, I'll be 40 next month. So, this is about 37 years of watching pro wrestling. Like, I remember being three, and my pop-pop sat me down to watch wrestling. And because he came, he's from South Carolina. And in Maryland, we still got, like, Crockett and stuff on random channels. So, when he would come up to see us, he would sit, me, sit down with me and be like, we root. This is why I root for heels because his favorite wrestler was Arn Anderson. My favorite wrestler to this day is Arn Anderson, and it might just be because he told me we root for Arn Anderson. And I'm like, okay, we root for Arn Anderson. So, for the longest time, if you ask me like who Hulk Hogan was, like I knew he existed, but I wasn't quite. I didn't know. Like I hadn't seen any of that. I just knew Tully Blanchard and <laughs> Arn Anderson and Dusty Rhodes, and it wasn't until like way later. And I'm like, oh, that's the Hulk Hogan y'all are all talking about. Like, probably by the time, like, 92 or something, I found out, oh, yeah, there is other wrestling. But the longest time, there was no, we watched USWA. We watched Crockett, or I guess whatever it was called at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was just the thing where, you know, an old person trying to do something with a third or next generation, like, hey, I'm going to pass on something to you. And it didn't work with bowling. It didn't work with, I don't know, poker playing or horse racing or boxing, but wrestling was it. And I don't know. It's just, if you can't get in wrestling at three, I, 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 that seems like the perfect because you don't know anything. And it's just like, wait, these dudes are really, well, I thought they were really fighting. I thought they were really fighting for a long time. I was probably in high school before I realized, wait, this is fake? Like, wait, what? <laughs> they're, they're, they're bleeding, for God's sake. You don't just, oh, okay. But um, yeah, so like Southern wrestling's just always been my preferred style. Um, you know, when WCW was bought out, 
I was in college and I literally cried that day because I was like, this has been most of my life just watching WCW and it's just gone. And I probably, that's probably why I still don't really watch much WWE. I just hold it against them. But it took my baby from me. But yeah, like if you want to know me in a nutshell, who I grew up watching wrestling was Arn Anderson, was Jeff Jarrett. Fucking love Jeff Jarrett. Uh, it was Lord Steven Regal. Like those were three people. I was like, I need to watch these people. And I even like Triple H and WCW. I have no idea why. I just, <laughs> any erratic gimmick, I just fall into it. Like, yeah, okay. Because I hate aristocrats. We all do. But in wrestling, it's just, it works. So yeah, I Lord Steven Regal and his posse. Oh, I miss WCW. I fucking miss it. And then when I watch it on the network, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, there's a reason why it went away in those later years, but but I, I know like I'm I'm with you like that's the stuff that that I grew up on a lot too. Like I mean I will say like the first thing I saw in wrestling was was WWF at the time like '95. Like I I started a little bit later. Like I was ten I think when the first time I saw wrestling that really like hooked me in. But like I started there, but then once I learned about WCW and flipped over there, like that was my place. Because like like you said, it's just it's it's a different sort of it's a different presentation. It's a different mindset in terms of crafting the presentation as compared to the Northeast down in the South. And um, you know, it's very apt that you bring up Arn Anderson as like somebody that you latched onto because like I can go down the line, including myself, like who point to Arn Anderson as either like their favorite wrestler, one of their favorite wrestlers, or someone who was just like oddly enough this like inspirational figure in a way yeah. for a lot of people like i know like god i'm gonna keep i don't care if i date myself fine i like during my like college radio days like um like i did like a sports show with one of my close friends who was also a really good really big pro wrestling fan and just absolutely like loved like southern wrestling and and Arn anderson and like i think we just kept like one of the like mantras that we kept telling each other was um the uh you know adversity introduces a man to himself mm. like that cla- like that classic like constantly used line that Arn Anderson would drop in promos that it's just like as soon as you hear like goosebumps are coming up so you know what's coming next just that line itself is enough to like you internalize that and you just it, it I can't tell you how many times like thinking about that line has helped me to like not just like give up and like dour like places of like mental health struggle and stuff like that so i don't know arn has a special place in my heart as well arn, arn's dope arn see that's why when people would tell me wrestling's fake i'm like yo but this doesn't make sense you tell arn anderson he's not really fighting because okay maybe undertaker's not a real fighter i can believe that because he's not even dead that doesn't even make any sense <laughs> anderson, well okay arn anderson is not arn anderson however that man can fight. Like, I'm not going to challenge Arn Anderson. Shit. <laughs> you can't tell me, but no, Arn Anderson, you know, Arn Anderson is not fake. Arn Anderson is real. All his moves are real. His matches are real. He and Mike Tyson were the baddest people on the planet my entire childhood. No, I'm right there with you. What was your favorite era of Arn? Like, are we talking like 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 early horseman era? Are we talking like silver dollar, like fishbowl full of silver dollars, like challenge on WCW Saturday night era? Like, 
Okay, if you put anytime Arnie's on Saturday night, I'm going to watch it. But oh yeah, he on the show. Dangerous Alliance, Arn. It's oh. like ah, yeah, because I was just too young to get 87, 88, 86 Horsemen, but Dangerous Alliance, I'm like 10, 11, and it's perfect for me. And it was just like this. I didn't understand stables and stuff. I'm like, this looks like a group that's about to have all the belts, and it didn't work out that way, but. It seemed like it. And, you know, I was going to say, as far as R&B inspiration, I feel like that's it. Because R&B's like a career, just a good hand who you who never needed the title. Just never needed it. And if you gave it to him, and what? Does that make him better? Does it make him worse? No. Nah, like, he's still R&B goddamn Manderson. He's still one of the greats. Where a lot of the people you consider greats, if you take their world titles away, are they still that great? <laughs> Can't say that about R&B. Yeah. U.S. and TV titles look like like just the best belts in the world to where I thought the U.S. title was the pinnacle of success in pro wrestling. Mm. Yeah. I, oh, I love you. <laughs> yeah, I love Mark. I love yeah. Mm. God. Even when he came back in 97 or so, and he could just cut a promo that inspired you or you felt things from what he said. And it's like, you can tell when a wrestler's just doing a good promo. Arn didn't do promos, Arn just talked to you. And you're like, yo, I wanna go to bed. I, man, I, I, when I like, the reason I like Darius Carter is because I see a different shade of Arn Anderson in him. Like if Arn Anderson ever went to the UK, learned some wrestling and came back and just was really into himself, I think you get Darius Card. And I'm like, Darius Card, next iteration of that kind of character where you can move him up and down the card and he's still going to be just viciously evil. But how the fuck can you not appreciate it? <laughs> yeah. No, I, I could definitely see that. Now that. You kind of point that out there. Like, I hadn't made that connection 100% there. But no, like, I definitely see that. And like, you mentioned, like, Arn just being able to, like, just through his words like i i always go back to that the like the the 98 return of the horsemen in in north carolina where like you have them down in in tuxedos in the ring and arms that promo every time i hear it like teary-eyed i like i just because like yeah i didn't grow up in like the heyday of the horsemen you know like my horseman was like dean malenko and rick flair and 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 Arn anderson and then like pillman thrown in there Michael thrown in there like you know like a, a completely different era but like just hearing Arn talk about like the relationships that that are there and like how bred into this region like that that group is like himself and and even like as for all of the the many many things that we can say about Ric Flair um Ric Flair um in that region like it's just it just hits so fucking hard it's like I'm not necessarily always proud of like where I'm from because of reasons. Um, but <laughs> but hearing Arn Anderson talk about that makes me feel a certain pride for like growing up where I grew up. It's amazing they let him get away with being from Minnesota all that time. I know, right? Because <laughs> the more I've met Minnesotans, I'm like, oh, Arn Anderson was not even close to y'all. <laughs> no. Uh, that boy got yeah. Pensacola accent all day. <laughs> like, how the hell do we let this happen? But no, oh, Orange is great. 
Yeah, that's I don't know what it would take for him to not be my favorite wrestler also. Like who could take that spot? I have no idea. It would have to be a fun I don't know. I just and he's still out there. Like that's the thing. He's been out there my entire life. Ah, God bless him. Yeah, he's special. Yeah. And George is I mean, there are plenty of reasons to be. You know, it'd be a shame. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm at curious to ask you about like USWA though, because like grow even though I grew up in the South, I never like I didn't get Memphis TV like where I where I was at. So like I'm curious to hear like your experiences like kind of growing up on on Memphis as well. Only thing I it would see so like wrestling would just come on like you would flip channels and it would just be a wrestling show and you wouldn't know who it was from or who it is, where it's from or anything. But I remember stopping because I thought Jeff Jarrett was Ric Flair. So I was like, oh that's Ric Flair. I'll watch this. And then I'm like, that's not Ric Flair. Who the hell is this guy? And you know, you I wouldn't catch it weekly, but whenever it would come on, I'm like, oh, that's that Ric Flair lookalike guy. And I didn't know there was a whole crop of Ric Flair lookalike running around. But <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, like, I just like the way that name sounded. I, to this day, I thought that was a fake name. Because, like, nobody could be named Jeff Jarrett. It just sounds like NASCAR or wrestling. And it just sounds fake, regardless. But that the big flowing blonde locks, I guess there's something about being a Black child in the Black city of Baltimore growing up. Like, you feel like, oh, I wish I had big, long, blonde, flowing hair because all these rock bands have it and wrestlers have it and Jeff Jarrett's got it. And you're asking your friends, are you like Jeff Jarrett? Who the hell is Jeff Jarrett? Do you not watch wrestling? I know Macho Man. Who the hell is Macho Man? <laughs> like, okay. So, <laughs> yeah. US, it would be like watching GWF. Like, I don't know where these shows would come on. I would just get home from school. And my mom or dad wouldn't be home until 8 o'clock. And I just had four hours to piss around. And there was wrestling on somewhere. You just had to find it. And eventually, like, my mom had a sugar daddy boyfriend who got us a satellite. And that's when it was like, whoa, there's wrestling everywhere. And they would just, like, this one channel would just show, like, random. I don't know if it was in sequential order. But you might just see, like, Abdul the Butcher in USWA. And... I had never seen Abdullah the Butcher before in my entire life. And that's when I'm like, I don't know if this is wrestling because he's taking forks and just jabbing them in people's heads. And I loved horror movies as a kid, but I remember watching that and just being so afraid because if you can do that, what's stopping them from doing much worse? And why isn't everybody doing this? Like, it didn't make, and that's a lot of the things about wrestling. It's just never made sense to me as a kid. And I should have figured out it's probably not entirely real. But, like, how come in this match, they just hit him with a baseball bat and nobody cares? Well, why don't you just bring a bat all the time? If this big guy can stab him with a fork, why don't you just bring forks to the ring? Like, let's just get this match over with. But, yeah, like, so I, USWA, as far as I knew, Jeff Jarrett was just the best to me. And Abdul the Butcher, when he came around, was just terrifying. That's all I got. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I'll sit down and try to watch some. And there's just something about watching 80s wrestling in 2023 now that it it's hard. It's a lot harder than it used to be. Yeah, yeah. No, I can definitely, I can definitely understand that. Uh, like up kicks win matches. It's like whoa, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've, 
there were now Canadian destroyers are like, yeah, that's just the first move of the match. Like, who cares? Yeah, that's just a, a transition thing to set up a rest hold or something. <laughs> like, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm a, okay, so we're going to do this. We're going to do tackle leapfrog, Canadian pile driver or Canadian destroyer, and then Chinlock. Sound good? Yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so at what point do you kind of start looking at wrestling being something that you want to get into a little bit deeper you know like because at what point did you feel like wrestling media might be something that you want to step into so in in college uh i had a bunch of friends who backyard wrestled and i figured well if they can do this they started training under marty janetti who had a, a ring in tallahassee i was like you know i'm just gonna go with y'all see if i want to do this and I ran the ropes twice, hurt like hell. I did a back bump, banged the shit out of my head. And I was like, nope, I'm done. Wrestling is not going to be what I do next. And WrestleLine was a website at the time. And I just sent an email like, look, I just want to write. I don't even care if you pay me. Like, let me just, here's just an essay of what I feel about something right now. And I think it might've been like, why you should wear wrestling t-shirts in public because you know it's like 2001 like you don't want to be the dorky wrestling fan and i'm like no no fuck that you do want to be the dorky wrestling fan because there's a lot of other dorky wrestling fans who need dorky wrestling fan friends to be dorky wrestling fans together with and when i got to college it was like something you just didn't talk about you don't want to talk about oh i love simulated fighting of men in tights like it's just weird and then you find your tribe and it's like, oh, wait. See, you know, you do need your tribe because this is fun. Like, this is just fun. Like, if you can go to the movies with your friends, why can't you just sit down and watch Simulated Fighting with your friend? So I just wrote them an article and they were like, can we publish this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And it became like a bi-weekly thing. Like, anytime you just want to write thoughts, write thoughts. And I did for a while. And then the site went down. And it was like, I never thought about it again. And... This fast forward 10 years or so, uh, NWA is coming back. And I'm like, huh, I wouldn't mind watching NWA. I love that belt. Let's watch this. And the torch didn't have any coverage of it yet. So I just sent the email to Wade Keller, like, you know, I don't know if I'll like NWA, but I'll give it a try. I'll do hits and misses. If you like it, we'll keep doing it. If you don't, whatever. And we kept doing it. And it got to the point where he's like, uh, Kelly Wells is, wants to do an NWA podcast with you and somebody else. Would you be interested? I'm like, uh, you know, at the time I'm unemployed. Like, sure, I have nothing but time. And next thing you know, like we hit a rhythm. It was, we were starting to just click to where things were fun. And from that, when I was like, okay, I got this here, hits and column, hits and misses column every week. I have the weekly podcast on WA. I really just want to talk about women's wrestling. Like that's, I've always been mostly into women's sport. And I kind of would dip in and out of wrestling because at the time it was mostly just women getting naked in bra and panties matches. Like I don't, this isn't wrestling. Like I don't want to see that. But now, you know, 2015, women are wrestling everywhere. And it's like, oh. I want to I want to talk about this. Can we talk about women wrestling? And I guess that's how Harley found me because I just want to talk about women's wrestling. And you know, we did a quick piece on stardom 
And he was like, you want to talk about starting next month? And I'm like, sure. I, yeah, why not? And I got to get out of the NWA coverage from the COVID shutdown. And that just kind of eased me into, well, this here women's wrestling is going on in Japan. That's not stopping, really. We got something to talk about. And it was a natural transition to where it just felt like, okay, so we had the thing in college that started the thing with the torch that started this thing. And it's nothing I ever consciously said, I want to be part of wrestling media. It was just something like, I like to write. I like to share opinions. I like to hear how other people think about things I like and see if maybe I like them for the same reason, different reasons, or maybe I'm missing something entirely that I've never thought about. Hey, you hold that, but I can't figure it out if we don't talk about it. So it just kind of happened. You know, it's like, I didn't, who the hell would thought by 2023, wrestling media could be a thing. Like if you weren't in the after mag, it didn't exist. And I knew I was never going to be writing for the wrestler. So it didn't exist. But if it wasn't for like just those late nineties websites around, yeah, I probably would never got any of it. But that's mm. where it started. In the room and just type out random thoughts to my friends. They'd read them. That's how how dorky does that sound? Hey, I'm gonna send you an email. <laughs> about what I thought about last night's Nitro. That's, uh, I'm sorry everybody I ever did that to. I just, because when I say that at almost 40 years old, I am like, wow, you really bothered your friends to say, yo, this is what I thought about segment three of Nitro last night. And it's like, that's the Hooven 2 Guerrero match. Who cares? No, no. But we could have used this space more creatively. Instead, we got a random Hooven 2 Guerrero match. Yeah, not, not, yeah, so... You know, like the best things, you just kind of fall into it. Just it just happens. I mean, to be fair, like those kind of emails, like you talk about, like you know, sending those to your friends back in back in the late nineties, early two thousands, and that sort of thing. Like those are the conversations that a lot of wrestling fans still have now. Very like like directed, like segmented, like conversations about like about like parts of shows and, and certain pieces of presentations that sort of thing like i feel like if you had people around you that that you felt were like similarly passionate about about that like i could totally see why you did that with them <laughs> because like because like these are the com- even, even if it wasn't over email if you were like in person with them like that i feel like that might be a conversation that you might have with somebody like that i know i've had conversations like that with people so. yeah i mean I- Talk to them the next day, but I had to write it because <laughs> I hate talking. I feel when I talk, I think much faster than I speak. So I'm constantly six words ahead. I'm like, wait, where was I going with that thought? But when I can write it, I can just, it just flows much better. So yeah, I was so, hey, did you read my email? All right, let me, read so I can talk to you about it. It's just a dork. <laughs> See, I was familiar, obviously, with, with the stuff you, you, done with G&G and like some of the stuff you've done with the torch I had no idea that it stretched back all the way to wrestling line in like yeah. the 90s with, with you like in that way because like you know I feel like you know, obviously you mentioned the aftermags and of course wrestling observer and and the, the torch like those are like mainstays of of what would become wrestling media you know, the foundation that, that we have so many other places have built on now for, for coverage and that sort of thing. But even back then, like, 
it's interesting to hear that like you had these because I wasn't really engrossed in that during that era. Like I don't think I've I think the first like wrestling news website I really found and latched onto was like Lords of Pain in like the mid two thousands. You know, know (laughs) yeah, exactly. So like that was like my interest into like oh okay this is how the internet talks about this stuff and like I'm like you know that sort of thing. But um, to know like that that stuff was still like around and and accessible in a way for people that wanted to write about about this and, and express that passion like that's really interesting to hear um yeah it's it's it was fun because i mean at least from 98 to 02 it was just a really hot time in wrestling too so i think maybe people were just like hey we have all these eyeballs we need something to fill these eyeballs you have an idea, fuck it. It could have been the worst column in the world. Like, I don't even fucking remember. But they had the clicks. They needed some they needed these clicks to filter to something. They just gave me a space. And it was it was fun because I didn't have to watch and report back all the time. It was like I got two weeks to think about something I wanted to rant on. And it was never like I hate this or I hate that. It would mostly just be like, hey, you know what? You should go back and watch Bash at the Beach 95. Not because it's good. Just because it's fun, like it's just that. Like yeah, I, I've never been too concerned. That's a lot of the thing I don't like about wrestling media. It's just such the same thing of what's your favorite match? Who would you like to wrestle next? When you when you did this spot, where like I, I don't care. Like I I I'm not a wrestler. I don't want to talk to you. Like I am going to be a wrestler, or I have any idea what goes on in wrestling, because I don't. Just I just want to meet you as a person, and. I kind of just want to fuck around and have fun and whatever happens, happens. And they let me just come on and be like, yo, you have that NWO shirt still in your closet? How about you go put it on in tomorrow? You trust me, you'll enjoy it. And the funny thing would be when you get like just three random people, you know, you back, like, yo, I needed to hear that. And it's like, okay. Like, <laughs> I can remember the first time I got a response, I thought I was like big shit. Like, oh, there's people reading my column. They're taking the time to respond to me like, you know what? I'm going to go put on my NWO shirt for real. And I'm like, yeah, I'm changing the world. I, if I got 25 reads on all of my columns combined, I'd be like, you know what? That's the victory for me because it beats the three people I was emailing in high school. <laughs> like, fuck it. Yeah. No, I mean, any kind, any kind of response like that, especially such so early on in that too, like I can imagine would be very impressionable in, in a way yeah. especially not to mention like that age like it, like you it doesn't take much to make you feel like hot shit when you're in no. like when you're like 17 18 like into the right. early 20s i would tell my girlfriend at the time like hey guess who got a fan email right here <laughs> and it's the same person i never told her it was the same person almost all the time I'm like no, doesn't matter. <laughs> you just need to know i got another email like yeah uh, see what a dork! Oh my god! But if that's what makes it. That's what makes it great, though. It's because like we're all we all have that dork in us, you know. This this is so funny because I was just telling Kevin. I don't know. Fuck it. I'm name dropping Kevin here. Kevin, PWI editor. I was just telling him something about being a dork, and then he's like, "That's why you like wrestling." And I'm like, "Yeah, wrestling fans are dork." whoa does that make me a dork and that just hit me like oh you idiot you are such a dork <laughs> like the <laughs> fact that you just know the pwi editor essentially cements the fact 
you are a dork. <laughs> yep. It's a cool thing, but it's also really dorky. <laughs> oh, it is a cool thing to a hundred people. Yep. But to those hundred people are like, yo, for real. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I don't make the list or nothing, but I know <laughs> the guy who approves the list. So exactly. I'm kind of like a big deal. <laughs> there you go. We're just going right back to wrestling line days. Right. Now <laughs> <laughs> to be the man, you got to know the man. And I know the man, therefore. I guess I am one too. There we go. Boom. Exactly. Let me ask you about like going to the torch because obviously like uh, on this show, we talk about the intersection of, of queerness and pro wrestling. Um, and for the longest time, Wade Keller was really the only voice in pro wrestling media from our community, even though like he didn't necessarily cover pro wrestling in a way like he, he didn't cover it from like the queer perspective. He covered it very much like an, a news perspective like like um i think many people would, would ex- expect him to in the era that that he came up in right. but whenever you like reached out to him and and he brought you on for nwa coverage like you being a part of this community as well like did that have any like level of impact with you to know that like you were emailing someone who was kind of a forerunner for us in this sector i'm going to tell you i did not know that until last year really i had no and hold on i will say this i look at wade and i'm like "Hmm." but then i do that thing where i'm like well you know i know black people you know why well i don't want to use the term gaydar anymore and shit but i'm going to like why gay i don't really have it but i'm like could be but i never i never thought because the interaction i had away was most through email and it was like we're, we're covering NWA. We're so far down the pecking order. Like, that's why we could get away with so much. Because, like, who the hell cares? But that changed a lot. And I was like, oh, I I had to. Because when I was at the Torch, I kind of hated Wade. I <laughs> However, I thought the work he did was great. So it was always this thing of, like, I respect you. I love your work. I just don't like having to deal with you. But if I had known that at the time, it would have helped a lot. I'd probably still be at the torch. So how how do you think it would have helped? Um, I think once this was okay, so if I came out as non-binary 28, this was all about the same time. So I probably just came up just before the torch. So just knowing that there was someone else in the entire torch space would have helped because I'm looking around. I'm like, okay, if I needed someone black to talk to, well, Cam's over there. uh, Trav's over there. Like, I got that. And with Harley and them over here, they like women's wrestling. That's cool. But if I just knew like the top guy was on the team, that, that changes a lot. It just changes a lot. It just changes how you think about everything. It's like, are you willing to stick things out that you don't necessarily agree with a little bit more because at the end of the day, kind of carrying the same banner. You, you tend to. Like, I know there's plenty of Black people I do not like, but I will take their side just because. And if it ever came down to where we were having a team discussion about NBA coverage and somebody said something, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, you don't talk about Wade like that because ah, Wade's on the team. Can't do it. Like, it just, well, knowing that you're not alone, it, you just always feel much better. And if I had known that then, 
I was like, damn, why didn't anybody tell me this? And I don't know if everybody, I, I would be curious to know how many people who worked for the torch at all know that. It's yeah. just, a, it's, a, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where you get an email saying this and that, and that's about it. Like maybe the longer you work there, like I'm not Bruce, I'm sure Bruce and Wade, you know, that's different, but I'm brand new. Yeah, there's no, no, I just know, never knew, never knew until randomly somebody mentioned. It's like, wait, wait, Keller? <laughs> Damn. Why didn't nobody tell me that then? And not to say that, I've, I mean, I will say it was a lot of work for free. That is so much work. However, again, same teams, you kind of just suck things up more than you want to. So that's why I'm like, I probably would have done, I'd probably stick around a lot longer. Yeah. It's interesting that you kind of bring up like like all the, the work that you did for free because I feel like that's also a larger conversation around like not just wrestling media but digital media as well. Just kind of like how the landscape is changing a lot. And you know, in wrestling media, I know like there's there's not a lot of places that pay really well. Um that the the for, for writing and that sort of thing and um it's getting better, but like I just go back to like um God, was it Josh Nason from Wrestling Observer? Like I remember somebody from Wrestling Observer posted like a like a um a job at opening ad or something like that. I want to say like in last year or 2021, and like you know, a lot of people kind of jumped down their throat because like they were basically just like like hiring for people that would be like paid in experience and like being like saying that you can that you've written written for the wrestling observer and it's just like i am pining for the days when we can move past that as like being something that is a regular thing that i see that um that the prestige of the like being paid in the prestige of having your name on this website when in actuality, like that the only name that is going to be thought about with that website is in the, in this case, like Dave and Brian, you know, like, I don't know, like how did, how did that strike you? Like in terms of like what we're seeing now and in, in the, the development and the, I don't even know really the right word to describe what's happening in, in digital media right now. This is where my age is the worst part. Because to me, I, I said to myself, well, you know, I'm not getting paid. However, it's not like I can't say, well, I wrote for these people over here. And I know you know these people over here. So yeah. that paid job over there, if I can just say, hey, I got bylines all up and down this website. To me, that sounded like, okay, that's not quite a fair trade. However, it's feasible. And at the time, again, I was unemployed doing nothing. So it's like, you got to fill the hours with something. And it's a lot easier to swallow somehow, somehow. It's a lot easier to swallow doing wrestling media when you have no money and you're not getting paid than when you actually have a job. And then you're like, wait, I go to work and I come home to do more work and I'm doing it for free? And I'm doing it for shit. I don't even really like watching. We got a lot of problems now. That's and that's why I would like joke about other people I knew on the torch. I'm like, yo, y'all are watching three hours of Raw every Monday. And I only think y'all are getting VIP membership for free. Like, this is the problem. 
and I'm I would listen, and that's why I kind of just stopped subscribing to the Twitch. I'm like, this is just a mill for content, and no one's getting the benefits of it except I get to put torch in my Twitter bio. And it's like, who the fuck cares? Like, if who the fuck? I'm not even going to elaborate on that. Who the fuck cares? Okay, I worked for the torch for a time. Does that change any fucking thing at all? No. No one who watches wrestling is going to take me any more seriously because I once used to write for the torch. The one thing it did, I'll tell you what it did. Now I know Kevin. So, yeah. <laughs> like, that's the thing. And I, it's good that there's younger people coming through the pipeline who are like, I'm not, if I'm going to do this shit for free, I'm going to do it for myself. And it's like, I appreciate that because, like, at the end of the day, your name's the only one you can actually lift. Like, if you're going to do a lot of work for free, lift your own goddamn name up. Don't lift up somebody else's name. And it, it, it took younger people for me to be like, yeah, that, that work, the attitude I have in my job where I'm like, I might talk to management. We ain't fucking friends. I might know the owners. We might text because the owner's also my direct boss. That's not, I wouldn't bring that motherfucker a donut just because I actually have an extra donut though. Like, but for some reason with there, I had just blindness because I'm like, but this is how journalism works, right? You just kind of do the grunt shit. And then eventually something just trickled. Like, I don't know what that, like, was Bite This going to come back? And WWE is going to be like, yo, would you like to hold the new segment on Bite This? And I'm like, yes, totally. No, that was never going to fucking happen. And you come to grips with, so why am I really doing this? And thank God for that COVID shutdown because I was looking at NWA. And I'm like, I don't like watching this anymore. When you talk about it, it's clear none of us like watching this show anymore. How much longer do I need to go just go through the motions? And I'm paying for the pay-per-views to like I'm paying for the VIP membership on the website I work for while also God. buying shows I have to watch to talk about on the website I work for. One good thing COVID did for me just sucked me right out of the torch and I was never looking back. Yeah. No anybody who's throwing the torch. If you're on the torch, yo. I get it. I totally get it. Because it's the fucking torch. It's it is still a big deal. However, you there's going to come a time where you have to wake up and be like, yo, do I want to keep doing this for shits and giggles because then to say I work for the torch? Or is it time to move on? And I feel like yeah. everybody's just <laughs> Yeah. No, I mean I, and I and I bring this up because like I I've had a similar experience. Like I'm not sitting here like on like some pedestal and like like looking down like why aren't you all writing for pay? I wrote for experience. I got I wrote for places and didn't get paid shit. Like didn't get paid at all. You know, shout out Twinfinite. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I've had my pay fucking fucked with. You know, from time oh, to time. Like I've left jobs over it. You know, like yeah. shout out Crave Online. Um, so mm -hmm. like you know, like I I um. Like I speak to this from like my own experience of just like you, you need to make sure that the work you are putting in is paying off for you specifically, you know, because these like outlets, you know, a lot of them are just there to churn out what they can and then onboard more people that will keep doing it. And then yeah. I'm very happy to see like the growth of Patreon, obviously, and now like the growth of Substack, despite some of the fucking politics of that website and the people that run it substack has been a really good thing for a lot of people in the wrestling sphere um and 
people willing to, to really bet on themselves and build their own profile in that way, covering things they love to cover. All right, Yens, thank you so much for tuning in to LGBT in the Ring. Uh, we'll get right back into the thick of things, but I do want to take a pause real quick and say thank you to some amazing people that make this show as rad as it is. Starting off with Daniel Quasar, the Progress Pride Black design by Daniel Quasar is a product of Progress Initiative. You can find out more at quasar.digital. A big thank you to Sarah and the Safe Word for the show's theme song, Formula 666, off the album Red Hot and Holy. You can find them on Twitter at STSW Band, and you can check out their music on both Spotify and Bandcamp at sarahinthesafeword.bandcamp.com. Um, check out independentwrestling.tv for the best in current and classic independent pro wrestling, including live events from top independent promotions worldwide. Uh, you can use our promo code LGBTRingPod or visit tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT and peruse their entire library uh, over there at independentwrestling.tv. Once again, promo code LGBTRingPod or go to tinyurl.com slash IWTVLGBT check out that service uh, you can follow the show on twitter at lgbt ring pod you can follow me on twitter at wonderboy otm and if you're into video games definitely check out my video game news show the mr video game super show i co-host that with uh, twitch streamers slacker kite and lady Merwin every monday at 8 p.m eastern 5 p.m pacific over on twitch.tv slash dead sun entertainment uh, it's your weekly roundup of gaming news, uh, and it's always a blast. So once again, check that out every Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, over at twitch.tv slash deadsunentertainment. Sun like the star. We'll be right back with more LGBT in the ring. Talk to me about, about Grit and Glitter a little bit, because like, obviously you came on, like, stardom was your entry point there. A, a bit um and then you got to do like some more interesting stuff there in, in the time that you were on the show like what was what was your experience like working with with the team there such an expansive team of people too yeah. it was in like all the members of the glitterati that were there it just well how how would you how do you remember that experience uh so they were responsible mostly for my shift of televised wrestling to mostly everything I watch is probably IWTV now. Like, yeah. it was at that time before I, when I just started getting written glitter, it was, I watched Stardom, I watched Pro Wrestling Eve. That was really about it. And there was just a bunch of people who come on like a random Pro Wrestling Eve show and the crowd would know. And I'm like, how the hell do they know this person? I've never heard of them a day in my life. I didn't think like, oh, well, it's because independents are still running around, you idiot. Like, yeah. So, that was always the good part where I've, they would just talk about companies and shows. I'm like, what the fuck are y'all talking about? And it opened up my eyes to like most of my favorite wrestlers now, I would think are almost entirely independent. Uh, and they might even like, I don't even think, it, yeah, I'm going to say probably if I had to write down like 15 people I love the most now, it all comes from doing Grin Glitter and just shifting everything I knew to independent wrestling especially locally like it helped that i moved back to dc at the time where dc was recreating a hotbed for wrestling and i was doing a podcast about independent wrestling 
geared for women in wrestling at the same time where DC was having a renaissance of independent wrestling, especially featuring women. It was just like a perfect storm. And it just really got creative juices flowing to where I was like, you know, we do these things where like at first it'd be Emily and I teaming on interviews because I just, I never liked being in the driver's seat. I don't like being responsible for the whole thing. I'm a number two. I would never like being a number one because I'll just do it all myself and then I'll hit you and myself at the end of it. But if I'm a number two, you know, there's some separation. I can still be myself, but also give you what you need. And I don't have to sacrifice myself for it. And I hate being someone I'm not. And there would be times where I would listen to interviews and I'm like, that was a good question, but that was just an interview question. It wasn't a question I really wanted to know. And it's like one time I can remember we were asked, we were talking with Seshmoth Martina, which I mean, God, I fucking love Seshmoth Martina. She might still be my favorite. Oh, she's one of the three. And I just wanted to ask like a simple question of, you do these death matches. What the hell is the shower like after? That's the only question I really wanted to know because I am so intrigued by people who do these death matches and you know you have to shower after. How intense is that pain? And it didn't get the green light. And I'm like, whatever the next question was, was just like some tragically cliche wrestling question for sure. But I'm like, I left the interview. I'm like, that was fun. But I didn't learn the one thing I really wanted to know. And it's just, what does a death match feel like in the shower right after? So that's when I started to think of, okay, I've done the group interviews and we've done the round panel for shows, but what if I just do my kind of thing? And well, what is your kind of thing? I was like, I, I, I'm asking this to myself. I'm like, I don't know. Just, I'll figure it out. And the first person I needed like a test launch and I remember just sending a, a message to Freya the Slayer, like, look, I am trying to do this thing on my own. And I remember seeing you on NWA. And I remember just talking you up to the moon because I'm like, yo, I need to see more of this woman wrestle wherever the hell she is because she's just, everything about her is great. And that was the first one. And the interview was kind of standard, but the thing I did at the end was like, I'm just going to ask you five random questions and you just answer them how you want to answer them. And it was just dumb shit like, yo, you're on a road trip. You go to a gas station. What's the first thing you grab? And it was it was so interesting to see how people, well, especially how she went from being Freya the Slayer to just being a person having a conversation just that quickly. It was like, I need to do that. I need to do that. Like, I know we need to get the things that people won't know. I don't know if people want to know the things that we ask, but people, we at least have the idea that people want to know who's your favorite match, what got you into wrestling, who trained, all that shit. You can just Google and find out very quickly. We still have this understanding that, um, fake understanding that people need to know these things in every interview. And I'm like, no, no you, people just let the wrestlers be the characters they are and just let them kind of work in bits of their real self. And it's just trying to do that. And, the next interview I did alone was with Sazzy Bowright. And it didn't, we didn't, we lost it. It did not get saved to the cloud. And I was oh. so goddamn mad because it was just two people just riffing. Like I had a script or not, script, I had questions I want to ask. I mean, like two questions. And I was like, fuck this. We're just going to wing it because 
this is just fun. And to this day, like every time I see Sazzy, it's just like, we're just going to hang out. Like that's because of that one interview, because it wasn't an interview. I'm like, yo, that's been the most fun I've had doing any podcasting and wrestling so far. It's just not talking about wrestling. How can I do more of not talking about wrestling while kind of talking about wrestling? And it made sense to me because like, I listened to a lot of talk radio growing up. I still do. I mean, podcasts, I'm going to qualify as talk radio. But like my favorite sports radio shows were shows that talked about sports without talking about sports. And that's what I was like, how do I do that here? So it just became, we'll tangibly talk about wrestling. But it's mostly just you to get some character. Work. And I would email also like, look, if you want to shoot on me, fucking shoot on me. I don't care. Like, I just want you to have fun. Like, if you're having fun, trust me, the rest will take care of itself. I'm never going to ask you, so what was the first match you remember? Like, I will never ask you that in your lifetime. I just want you to know we're trying to get you over. That's all this is about. Get this person over. And if I can get you that much more over, and for people listening, it's, you know, space between your thumb and finger. That thing, the thing we all do. Like, that's then I felt like that was just fun. And the more I would do, like, when the last interview I did was with Birds on Film, just talking about summer movies. It had nothing to do with wrestling. It was just, I have an idea. Y'all like reviewing movies. Why don't we just talk about fucking movies? And I told Erica, and she's like, for a wrestling show? I'm like, I mean, it's only y'all are wrestlers, right? So you technically fit. <laughs> like, let's just talk about movies. Like, this is clearly something y'all love. Y'all love movies. Y'all don't love back body drops. Let's talk movies. And that's when I was like, okay, I think we're hitting stride. And, you know, then I kind of got, I kind of lost it. Like it was, it got to the same point of the torch where you realize like, ah, oh man, I'm doing a lot of work here. Am I having fun anymore? And if you can't have fun doing something for free, you probably shouldn't be doing it anymore. And it just, the twinkle just got lost because I'm like, yeah, this is at the, the churning out of content. And I was only doing like an interview a month maybe because I had to think so hard about how am I going to tie this random ass concept to pro wrestling? Because Harley's got to hear, there's got to be wrestling at the end of this somewhere. And it's like, well, they got a match somewhere. I don't know. Like, they got a catalog of matches, just fine one. But I just want to, like, I remember one time I was really, really going to just, and this, I've never told anybody this. I was just going to flow out the idea of shooting out to Maxine Pell. Let's just talk about your favorite toys. Toys you loved as a kid, toys you love now. I don't give a fuck about any of the wrestling shit. I just wanted to see what would it be like if I talked to Max for just five minutes about toys. And I only wanted to do five minutes because do you really want 10 minutes of Max Impaler in Max Impaler form? You really, you really only need two. Let's, let's do five. Fuck it. Yeah. And every time I'm about to send an email, I'm like, am I just doing this for myself though? Because I'm just kind of curious, like what person like this play with as a child? Because they were clearly a regular child at some point, but I kind of didn't want it to be real. I kind of wanted to be like, you know, like severed baby's heads. Like, like, oh, okay, interesting. And then I was like, all right, this is now... Now we're going crazy. Like, this isn't going to work. And that's what I'm like, right. So I'm trying to find my next idea. And it was like, why am I doing? I'm just, it's, you, you can have a good thing 
and you get too much of that good thing too quickly and then that good thing is no longer good and I feel like I'm saying green glitter is no longer good it's just for me it's just like ah I I kind of I don't know what I want to do I want to do more of this but I want to do even less wrestling like I want to do it to where the only wrestling we're doing is hey so you are x right yes you're a professional wrestler right yes okay done that's it now we're moving on to breakfast foods or just anything else in the goddamn world because these people have to wrestle all the time but they never get to just like be a character outside of a couple hits on twitter you know a couple things tacked on to the beginning of the matches when do they just get to sit down and like like would you like to hear president mcmurphy talk about breakfast cereals who like i don't know what killing will talk about breakfast cereal but i bet you it's fucking great and that's that's all I want to do. Just let people be the characters they are, and let's just have some fun. And I don't think there's a lot of that in wrestling media. I think most wrestling podcasts, and there's eight jillion of them. There's more wrestling podcasts than wrestlers, wrestling shows, and cities in the world right now. <laughs> you cannot go on YouTube or on Spotify or Apple Podcast. You can't. Your next door neighbor probably knows somebody who does a wrestling podcast or does a wrestling podcast themselves and it's the exact same format it's just like yo that's fine if i had thought of that i should have said what if i just spin off my own show on a network you know what bookmark that i will think about that for future reference i will that's yo anybody out there who wants just a wacky wrestling show holler at me but yeah i <laughs> grit and glitter was fun because i just I got to figure out what I like doing. And, but I needed that original background of this is how we do it. This is how everybody does it. You need to know the, the format before you can just venture off into uncharted land. And it was good to know that because I could never just went in face first. Like, yo, uh, I don't know. Like when we talked to Jordan Blade, we did like a real wrestling interview and it was, but it was a really good one. So I'm like, I would kind of like to just know more about Jordan Blake, like more than just a wrestler. Like, yo, so I don't know, like, where's your favorite place to eat in Richmond? Like, what do you do in Richmond when you're not out here breaking ankles and shit? Like, just what's something we could do to where Jordan can be more Jordan, less whatever Jordan the wrestler. Not that I'm picking on Jordan Blake because, again, love Jordan Blake. It's just, I like, I am someone who likes minutia. I love minutia. And it's like Seinfeld is still my favorite TV show because it's just uh, 30 minutes about one tiny thing, just choke after choke. It's like, how do I make Seinfeld a wrestling podcast? That's essentially what I was trying to do. No, I mean, there's a lot there that I think a lot of that people can, can glean from that too. And honestly, like it's very similar to, to my experience as well like you know like yeah we're coming up on like 200 episodes of the show but like like learning and learning about like developing your own voice when when doing like interviews and stuff like that is something that is one it's, it's incredibly valuable once you do get there and realize like what you want to do how you want to do it how you want to structure things and that sort of stuff um but it can also be very daunting because you know there's it almost feels like there's a rule set at the at the very beginning that you have mm -hmm. to learn and follow in a way. And I think that's where a lot of people might get 
stuck and this isn't to criticize any anyone in particular or anything like that at all being like we all do our own thing and that sort of thing but like in crafting like the way that that i do interviews on on this show like i feel like yes you want to hit the wrestling stuff yes you want to hit like these like key things about this person but there's also a lot of value and and letting them show that all dimensions of themselves and not just the wrestler there like one of some of my favorite conversations with people have been like you know i think killian and i talked about sonic the hedgehog for like (laughs) 20 minutes on this show at one point which was really cool like we have killian really likes sonic (laughs) oh killian really likes sonic this this is not a gimmick this dude loves sonic (laughs) (laughs) and killian is not the only one because i i I feel like I had like a conversation about Sonic Hedgehog with uh, with J Rose as well on this show. Um, like like I don't know what the through line with Sonic in pro wrestling is right now, but it's there. But like you you want to like give people the chance to show humanity and to show more of themselves, and and that's really where you can start to distinguish yourself. Like I love the idea of whatever you had Erica and and dust on to talk about movies, because like it was just so different, but they brought the same passion that they do to talking about pro wrestling to this because there's a distinct passion there and they're doing it. Birds on film is just such an intriguing YouTube channel (laughs) right now because of the way that they cover this stuff or or the way that they talk about this stuff and put those discussions out there. Um, and just to make this like full circle in a lot of ways, like I feel like for me, what brought that mindset to me for for interviews was going back to college radio, um, and going back to Waffle House specifically because um, whenever I started with college radio, like one of my first friends in college radio, who I'm still friends with today, uh, Sarah Rose, who does the theme song for the show, um, with with her band, um. Like she hosted a show where she was uh, interviewing bands and stuff like that. And her final question of every interview was like, when you go to Waffle House, how do you get your hash browns? Mm. And it was just like, yeah, chunk, pepper, diced, and cat. There you go. See, (laughs) but like me, like my one of my like first stepping into that realm and thinking about like, okay, well, this is how you do an interview is like very structured is blah, blah, blah. But then like, you go in and like the first person you meet and befriend in this world is someone who is willing to ask Hawthorne Heights how they get their fucking hash browns done at two in the morning on the side of the road. Like it kind of opens up this idea of like, okay, then there's you don't you there are rules, but you can break them to what you want them to be. And I right. feel like hearing you talk about what you want to do and and, and how you've developed th- these ideas for, for a content that you would want to to do, like that's I gather the same passion and the same idea there. You should make content. Content creators, stop making content that you think people want. Make the content you want, and the people who want that will find it. Like that's just the nut. There's a jillion podcasts in the world. And I feel like, I think I read like something like 95% are begging just to get to a thousand people. And it's like, a thousand sounds like nothing. A thousand is a lot of people. Yeah. Like, you don't know a thousand people. So the fact that to get 
300 people listening to your random thoughts and whatever. It's like, there are 300 people out here who want to hear me talk about bullshit. We'll find <laughs> you. Like, I know I listen to podcasts where I'm like, I feel like I must be the only person who knows this podcast exists because who the hell else would care about this random fucking, I, I can't even think of one now. But still, you all know you have podcasts. You're like, yo, this is not the podcast you'll find ever on the top 100, 200, 300 chart. It will be maybe top podcast played on a Thursday between the hour of 1 p.m. and 2 p.m. only on Thursdays in D.C. at your house. And it's like, okay, cool. But I felt like, especially with Eric and Dust, like I felt they were the first persons. And really, if I think about it, it entirely, I, my podcasting idea came from what I saw coming out of DC wrestling, where, you know, I would watch EO wrestle with Jordan and I'd watch EO wrestling at Flying V and I'd watch EO wrestling wrestle at Beyond. And it was never the same EO, but it was always the same EO. And it's like, okay. And I see Erica just be a clown and then still kick your ass and then go back to being a clown. And thus, I don't think as of right now, between Dustin Killing, I don't know if there's any two more creative people and Billy. Sorry, Billy. There. <laughs> but still, for this for the wacky, just offbeat shit, like Dustin Killing, like the second I saw them, I was like, oh, I get this. I I can't explain to you what this is, but I totally get it. And it's just like, I mean, of course, this is all the same group of people. And I'm like, well, why do they all have this thing that I get? I want to do that thing. And yeah, so I guess I just got a lot of inspiration, especially Erica. I've never told Erica that, but Erica and Dust especially, like, like, yo, they just do things because they just want to do it. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of how it should be. You do things because you want to do them. And if somebody likes it, great. If nobody likes it, do you still like doing it? Then keep doing it. Yeah. I mean, that's really at the heart of this. If you don't like what you're doing, then how can you continue to like muster up the passion and the and the drive to keep doing it you really have to think about yourself as well as you know to some extent an audience there but like it really comes to it starts and, and ends with with the person that is putting the work into it and yeah. whether you feel like you are accomplishing something for yourself or fulfilling yourself in that way so yeah. it's interesting to like you bring that up like how all these people around the DC wrestling scene now are, are like because are like being like this inspiration for for you and and because DC you know and I'm, I'm not gonna like sit here and say that like I'm some kind of like historian or anything but like like DC was dead for a long time when it came to pro wrestling and you know like that but that first book for the score show like really like it it really reinvigorated stuff, but now like you're seeing like, like you said, flying V um, and, um, and uh, the stuff that wrestling five is doing down there, even like companies like EWA running up in like in the Baltimore area, yeah. like, you know, like it feels like the scene is starting to come back a bit with a completely different energy because of the people that brought it back. And it's right. very telling that that different energy is coming at the same time that you have the people that are bringing that scene back being 
a majority queer <laughs> and majority people of color uh, and you get to see like, okay, well, if we put different power structures in place or put different people to feel empowered to do what they want to do, you are going to get something that feels different because of what we've historically seen in pro wrestling. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, um, I can remember the, so when I went to my first Funny V show, I, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know it was wrestling just outside dc i was like i can hop on a train and go three stops and go see that sure why not and i'm like these are all the people i love oh, okay and i'm like wait why is this show so good but it doesn't feel like a rent like i don't know if this is a stage play so much because it's not but it has like stage play elements but it's still wrestling but i don't know what this is but why didn't I have this in DC when I was growing up? Like, where was this? Like, we got Starcade in DC, and you know, we had Great American Bash and Ball. That was like you bookmarked. You knew Great American Bash at the Ball Marina. You knew Starcade was at MCI Center, and then WCW went away, and it was like, well, guess what? You might get a, a Raw every year, and that's about it. As far as like, I mean, Maryland Championship Wrestling was still a lot running shows, but yeah, Scott, how can I forget about MCW? Yeah, like if you don't drive, I'm not going all the way up to Joppa, Maryland from DC. So it's like, okay, outside of MCW, like who else is running this territory or this region or whatever? And I didn't even know most of these people were at like from the air. It was just like, I like you and I like you. And they're like, oh, wait, y'all are from the same, wait, y'all are from my neck of the woods. But wait, y'all are all like funny too. Well, shit this is like the wrestling i've been waiting for in my adulthood like i've had my childhood wrestling now i'm like i just want to watch fun wrestling like i don't i don't need to be so serious i don't need to sit down and debate like yo is roman reigns title running good for the company i don't give a shit you know what's fun birds on film like that's <laughs> that's not wrestling but it's wrestling fuck it i'll take it and then the more you realize kind of everything is just pro wrestling like everything is pro wrestling and it kind of just makes everything much more funny. If you think, if you can see the pro wrestling in life, suddenly it's like, okay, okay, this is, I can do this. It's fun. Yeah. So it really, I mean, this was just perfect storm. Like I said, I came back home to a hot territory with people who had similar senses of humor or just creativity of me. And it was like, and again, all queer people mostly. It was like, what? I, yeah. How do I support this over and over and over again? Yeah, you got, and it's the same thing I said about weight. Like when you know people are in your tribe, you go to bat harder. Mm -hmm. And it's like I will, I will fight for these people until I'm blue in the face because I just genuinely love and believe in the people from this region because I, they've inspired so much in me. And like I wouldn't know you right now <laughs> if these people weren't coming out of this hot bit and doing what they're doing. So I, yeah. If I had to really think about it, yeah, like I, the goons in America, I owe pretty much all my interest in wrestling media and wrestling as a, as a whole right now. Because if I don't find them, I'd probably be watching AEW just hating myself. <laughs> That's a women's wrestling thing, not to make y'all AEW people all upset. I don't want the mentions. Like, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, mentions are never good no yeah <laughs> um 
Well, I'm glad that you found that for yourself, and I'm glad that it did bring it to the point where we were able to to meet and have like the friendship that that we do, um, even though we don't talk as often. Uh, but still, like it's I don't know. I'm glad that I met. Huh? I'm always around. Like, oh, I know. I, I am always afraid to approach other people because I don't the anxiety thing and me like I don't want to interrupt somebody's busy day. Meanwhile, I'm over here. I never have shit going on. I <laughs> I am such a homebody. Like I am done from work at noon. I am just done with life. Like I do not, like look, it's three o'clock and I'm just sitting here. But yeah, like yeah. Yeah. So that's a you thing. Yeah. That's not a me. Oh no, trust me. I know what's a me <laughs> thing because like my friends tell me all the time, like I, I am the worst at like returning texts or like reaching out to people. I just get I get sucked into shit and like I'm just I'm bad about it at times. So like that is definitely a me thing. <laughs> but well, I'm now, I'm willing to admit it. You're about to get a whole lot now. You've just done the worst thing. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'm cool with it. <laughs> so I guess like as we like wind down here, should we like, you know, you, you have this passion now you're, uh, you're not really, you're not attached to grit and glitter anymore. Like what, what do you see as like the next thing for you? Or is this, or is like this media landscape something that you want to stay in? That's the question. Like, I know I'm never going to lie. Like there's times where I will just go back and listen to the interview with birds on film just because it was just fun. And I'm like, yeah, I miss doing that. Like I miss just fun interviews. Um, I desperately needed the time away. Like, I mean, when I got sick and then I just, you know, you, you start to really evaluate like how much you really want to do things. If you're just laying in a hospital bed, vomiting for two weeks, like you start to think about what, what can I cut out of my life? And now it's like, okay, Breaking into a new year now. I'm getting antsy. It's like, what's next? It's like, I, I would like to say, sometimes I think about just doing like a monthly podcast. And I'm like, but I don't want to, as much as I just said earlier, create content for yourself. Don't do it for somebody else. I also said, I'm not a number one. I'm a number two. Like, I am not about to sit up here and create my own podcast. Like, I'm never going to do that. But there's still that room in the, the market as saturated as it is for just offbeat conversations. And I think my brand of minutia loving and anxious brain energy just coalesces into strange art somehow that just gets something out of people. I can't explain it. I don't know. I would love to keep doing that but I also still kind of want to write stuff. Like, I don't, I don't want to, what's the stuff? Like, I don't want to ever write about a wrestling show ever again. Like, I, to the point where, that was another thing. I, I hated going to wrestling shows knowing I was probably going to have to talk about it. Like, then you don't get to just experience a wrestling show. And it's like, well, if I can't be a fan anymore, what is this all for? But if I do my wacky shit, well, that's not wrestling anymore anyway so who cares so it's trying to figure out well okay where do i want to do this at that's one and then the second thing is well if i wanted to write about wrestling what the hell do i want to write and it's sometimes it's more like sometimes when i read pwi i just read like 12 random questions 
And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of all I really just, that's just my life. Like I am the person who texts people, what's your favorite state shape? And no one's ever has an answer. And I'm like, how do y'all not think of questions like these? Because these are all the things to think about. If there's a favorite to be had in any category, I probably have the favorite because how could you not? Like I have a favorite eye of the stove. I have a favorite outlet in the house. Like, I, I don't see. So yeah, like I, I would text my friend, hey, what's your favorite body of water? And they're like, uh, it's like seven in the morning. I'm like, did you not have a favorite body of water yesterday? Like you've never <laughs> thought about it once? So it's like that, that's, I'm looking to do my off-brand shit for someone who's like, I don't get it, but, or even if they do get it, fuck it, you want to do it here? I'm like, yeah, we try it. Like, you know, that's, yeah, you know, this is probably word vomit. I just want to have fun and do things semi-regularly. <laughs> like, like the churn and burn of, of weekly or even bi-weekly, hell, even monthly to it. Well, monthly's okay. But like the weekly and bi-weekly is like, it's so hard. It's so a yeah, grind. It's, um, it's, it's a lot, especially when you get like the group chat and it's like, yo, we don't have a show for next week. It's like, oh, fuck. Well, I got this kind of thing I've been thinking on for a grander project, but I guess I can just whittle it down and do it for next week if you need it. It's like, but then I never get the satisfaction of the, the grander thing like I wanted to do. So, yeah. In fact, if you want to know who ever heard all of these, it's like every time I pitch a story to Kevin, he's like, Okay, that's so big in scope. Like, full <laughs> lines of the Iliad and the Odyssey to write an article about Megan Bain. And it's like, that's crazy. No one needs to do that. But I'm like, I'm looking at her. I'm like, but she's Greek mythology. Like, there's so many lines I can think of in the Iliad right now where I could say, I accept the next three paragraphs from that one line. And it's like, yeah. Well, one, we already got somebody to do one that just came out, too. Like, that's just a lot. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Like, <laughs> so it's like that place where it's like, you're, you're, you're kind of out there, but you know what? Ah, fuck it. Let's do it. It's like, yeah. So now I've got to practice just doing out there shit. So now it's just making it a more regular thing. Nah. I, I love the idea of more out there shit, honestly. Like it's it's refreshing. It's the kind of stuff that I will go to and, and listen to, honestly. It's like that's that's just what draws me in. Cause like like you said, so many wrestling podcasts are just the same thing over and over again. I need I like at this point, like for me to engage with something, I need it to be different, have a different flavor to it you know, a different mm-hmm. focus. So, and actually let's, you know, let's end it. Let's end this by flipping the tables a little bit. You have all these favorites that you like to ask people. You want to throw, you can throw a couple at me if you want to. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> hmm. I'm Favorite. curious. Let's see. Okay. What is, uh, there's a question I like to ask, but people never have, nobody ever has an answer immediately. What is a word that you like to say, but don't like how it's spelled or written? And what is a word that you like how it looks, but don't necessarily like how it sounds? Hmm. Hmm. God, that is, that's a thinker. Yeah. Okay. This might be a little, like, weird, but, like, for me, I really like saying the word moist but it looks wrong on paper 
for me in a way. Like I, I, I like reading it makes me feel like because there's such a visceral reaction for a lot of people to that word that yeah. I feel I, like I, I don't get it. Like I, 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 I get it, but I personally don't get that reaction when hearing it. For some reason, reading it makes my like I don't like how my my creative brain goes. It's not a <laughs> It's looking at the word. It doesn't. Yeah, it does. Like. The way it feels in your mouth, moist, like it feels fun. Yeah, like it's a very word fun on, word to say. On the page, it's like, what is what? What is this? Like, no, that's like how I feel about mayonnaise. Like, I don't like how I say it, but I like how it looks on paper. That's how this mm-hmm. question started originally. Because I'm like, the word mayonnaise just looks so pretty. Yeah, but then the actual thing that is is kind of gross. The way you <laughs> say it's kind of gross. What it actually is is kind of gross. There's a word on paper. It is beautiful. Yes. God. And what was the? Can you say the second half of that again for me? So it was uh, a word you like to say, but don't like the, the look of, and then a word you like the look of, don't necessarily like how it sounds. Okay. Ah. Uh, you would think I would have one on the go, just considering how many words I write. <laughs> No, never, because no one ever just has me to answer these questions. <laughs> no one ever like, oh, I've been waiting for somebody to ask me this random bullshit. Hmm. You know what? A, a word that... Okay, a word like that for me probably is inaugural. In a way. Hmm. Like... One, because, like, just the way that, that I, God. Yeah, when you said it, it didn't really mean. Yeah. But you it. I don't know if I'm that crazy. But this is your answer. It's not my answer. Exactly. Like, it's, it's, I think it's just because it's a word that I use so much that, mm-hmm. like, now, like, it, it still has the power that it does because, like, I must- very heavy word it's a very very heavy word it, it is and and i do like it to an extent but i will say this i will be glad whenever i don't have to use it as much in what i cover for gotcha. pro wrestling gotcha okay you know? yeah. yeah i'll be glad when we get to the point where we don't have so many firsts especially in 2023 i'm i'll be i'll be very happy um favorite canadian province Mm. For any reason, it doesn't have to be for a reason. It could just be because fuck it. It just it just sounds good. I will say British Columbia because I have uh, the the Pacific Northwest love. Yeah. And for a long time, it was Alberta just because Calgary, and I grew up on Bret Hart a lot. So it would have been that for a while. But now being out in this area and like seeing all of the really interesting stuff that pro wrestling wise that's going on in in and around Vancouver. British Columbia is is there with a bullet for me. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, how do you eat your hash browns at Waffle House? Oh, scattered covered pepper. Yeah. I don't feel you with the covered. I hate cheese, but the pepper. <laughs> if you have hash browns, Waffle House, no, no jalapeno peppers, what the fuck are you even there for? Go to Huddle exactly. House. Exactly. Exactly. Like we don't want you. Yeah. The the thing is like see with yours like I hate mushrooms 
So like oh. I couldn't I I do I hate mushrooms. I can't stand them. They taste like dirt to me. Um <laughs> Yeah, but these are Waffle House mushrooms. They're probably not even real mushrooms. Oh, I'm, I understand that. They probably are not at all. But at the same time, like it's just like if I know there's a mushroom in it, even if it's not really a mushroom, if I know they're calling something a mushroom in there, I'm going to think it's a mushroom and that's all I'm going to taste. So that's, that's, like Yeah, I yeah. get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Favorite ocean. Ooh. Can't say Pacific. So you got to pick from the other three. Okay, that's fine. I'll go Atlantic. I was probably honestly even putting Pacific back in, I'll probably still go Atlantic because okay. like that's the ocean I grew up on. Well, I didn't grow I didn't grow up on the ocean, but that's the ocean I grew up going to, you know, also honorable mention Gulf of Mexico. Like I went I spent so many summers on the Gulf. Well, it's not like, an ocean. Yeah, but that's why I say honorable mention. <laughs> we'll tack it on. Okay, well, I'll change it to body of water. There, now we're covered. Body of water, Gulf of Mexico. Yeah, okay. Yeah, the Gulf yeah. is great. The Gulf is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I miss North Florida. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's your last one. I guess I love it. Favorite state shape? Because there's only one answer. I, I think, well, there's two answers that I accept. Favorite state oh. shape? Hmm. God, that is tough. Because like, there's two that pop up in my mind immediately for me. Um, what? for very different reasons. One is Montana because I love how like the border like forms a face, in a way. Hmm. Like that's just always kind of stood out to me. Okay. Since like as a kid, and then uh, it. Obviously, the 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 joke is always that Florida just looks like a, a penis, so it's just there. Like that's just the thing. Like it's just that's the immature, like seven year old Brian that never left. That's just still there. Correct <laughs> the answer is West Virginia and Minnesota, but really, why is that? Well, West Virginia looks like bagpipes. I just think that's so cute. Well, that so is like, true. Bagpipes in the middle of the country. And West or Mount. Minnesota has just if you're not looking you would never notice there's just this little notch at the top that's just there and if you didn't know why it was there you'd be like what the fuck is this thing and it's more for water and some beef with Canada one of those stupid things (laughs) the third answer I'll accept is maybe Kentucky because it's got this little circle off closer to Missouri that's not connected to anything but it's still technically Kentucky Mm-hmm. Your answers were wrong. That's fine. I've been wrong many times. But your answers to you can never be wrong. But to the standards and practices of the the board of favorites, they're incorrect. <laughs> that's that's fine. I've never been one to please everybody. So, <laughs> and also, may I just say, hearing you refer to Missouri like that just brought me so much joy because I just don't get. I just don't get that accent. I don't get that. Like, it brings me back to like childhood, like the accents, oh, like yeah. southern accents, and like being out here. Like, you just don't get it. You just don't hear it that often anymore. So, like, because that's how I say it too. Like, it's, it's it's just, what it's else Missouri. is it? Yeah, exactly. Missouri. Exactly. And if okay. you're from Missouri and don't know it's Missouri, I don't know where you've been the last however long you've been alive. It's Missouri. Everybody knows it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Chewy, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Let everybody know where they can find you online. 
Uh, if you want yeah. to. Yeah, you can find me. Um, I tweet a lot at Cochino Chewy. It's, uh, I'm not even going to spell it out. You just have to find it. Fuck it. I'm, I don't owe you anything. But if you like, let's see, what do I tweet a lot about? I tweet random shit. Like, honest to God, I'm probably a terrible follower because I just, whatever I'm thinking at the very moment, I'm like, I must share this to nobody because I still treat Twitter as tweeting into the ether where apparently it's not that, but who cares? But uh, if I, I will tweet about wrestling, music, probably getting high a lot and I'll probably talk shit. Yeah, I'll definitely talk a lot of shit. And if you like people talking shit to Billy Dixon, I'm definitely a good follow for that. And if you like people killing McMurphy's ass, I am an even better follow for that. So if if you're into either of those, I got you covered there. Uh, I'm on Instagram with the same name. In fact, you just find me Kachino Chewy everywhere. It, it's become a brand. I have a brand. Lord. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Chewy. Thank you so much. My thanks once again to Chewy for taking the time to sit down and chat with me about their experiences and um, their very uh, refreshing desires of what they want to do continuing in, in the pro wrestling world. And I will say, I was very neglectful not to mention Fight Club Pro Wrestling as another company that is really reinvigorating DC and the surrounding area with what they are doing there. So definitely add them into the mix there as companies that are really changing and challenging the perceptions of pro wrestling uh, through this renaissance of the DC area of pro wrestling. Oh, well, that is going to do it for us here this week. Um, Come back next week. We will have obviously another episode. We will continue on with Journal January. I'm very excited uh, for our guest next week as well. And you'll find out who that is soon enough. But um, until then, y'all stay messy, wash your hands, wear your mask, get vaccinated and boosted if at all possible. And same goes for monkeypox. And um, I may have some some more interesting news coming out before we talk again um just keep your eyes open Everybody's ready to die. bye